great to be together. Seasons are a-changing. It has been difficult for everybody. And um, I think in many different ways, eh? But it's been difficult for everybody. And um, so as we start to step into this new season, I'm full of faith that God is going to bring us into this new land, this place of promise that um, only he can do. And, um, you know, I, I'm praying it's be the church's finest hour because I think the last couple of years haven't been the church's finest hour, sadly. Um, but maybe this will be our finest hour as we, as we step into what God's got. Hey, I just want to report back to you. I, I got a card this week from OM and saying thank you so much for the finances that we gave to, for the Ukraine projects. Um, we, we gave, I think it was around 25000 in the end, which is awesome. Thank you. Well done. That's amazing. And um, what's happened with that money is that they have, um, they have filled, at, like, absolutely chocker, two massive vanfuls of um, supplies and taken them into uh, needy places in Ukraine. They're helping um, with accommodation with people. They're helping move people. So it, that's wonderful, eh? It's really great to be part of the answer there, which is really, really good. And the last thing I just want to talk about before I get going, because I am going to get going, is... Um, um, Pastor Trevor Wilson's written this book, The Unique and Genius, uh, Genius, Genius, that's a new word, Genius Design of Human Beings. I encourage you, this is really good to read as, you're, as we're going through this current series. It's going to help unpack some stuff a bit more than we can do on a Sunday morning. And um, they are in the hub if you would like a copy. They're yours if you're online in a co- and you want some. Just contact uh, through the website. You can work that out because you're clever people. And, um, and we can get that to you. That'll be good. Great, eh? Fantastic. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is amongst us today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here. And I'm asking, please, for divine revelation for us, for a part of your church in this city today, not only for divine revelation, but also for a hunger to stir. Lord, that there would be a divine dissatisfaction of where we're at right now as individuals, and what you actually want to do in and through us for the sake of those around us. So I ask that you stir. I give you permission, Holy Spirit, to stir us, to stir me. That as the week unfolds in front of us, perhaps we would approach it slightly different than we otherwise would have. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Jan and I... Um, was it next, not tomorrow, but the next Monday, eh? We've been married 30 years. That's pretty good, eh? Yeah, I know. I know I don't look at you going, how could that possibly be? But we have. We've been married 30 years. And when, when we got married, Jan's mum and dad bought for our wedding this beautiful um, dinner set. It was beautiful. Jan and I chose it. It was absolutely lovely. Actually, it was so lovely that I have since added a whole lot to it. I searched the internet and I found a deceased estate, would you believe? And I, I added all these parts to it because I love it. It's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. Jan's mum and dad gave us the, the, the beautiful plates and dinner set and everything. And my mum and dad gave us um, some silver cutlery to go with, you know, some nice cutlery. I've got a picture of it. If it comes up, let's see if it comes up. It's not coming up. Tell me if it comes up. That way I don't have a look. Is it up now? 
Oh, it's up in front of me. Is it up there? Here it comes. No, it hasn't come. I can see it on the monitor. It looks fantastic. Yeah, so you can all turn around and see it on the monitor. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's a beautiful dinner set. Love it. And, you know, it was like we would have people round, guests round, and we would pull the dinner set out for those special occasions. If it was a special meal, there it is. Isn't that lovely? I'm a little bit annoyed with the photo because that fork is perfectly straight. And it doesn't look straight on the photo. And that matters to me, if you know me. It's like, it's nice, eh? Yes. And so, so we bring out the dinner set and the, you know, for nice guests, if you came to our place in the old days and you didn't get that brought out for you, just you join the dots. <laughs> it was for special occasions. It was for people we liked. Join the dots. <laughs> and, uh, and we'd bring it out and we'd use it. But then one day, we, we were talking about this. We've got this beautiful dinner set. And we said, look, chances are, when we die, the kids aren't going to want this. You know, this is our taste. We love it. But the kids probably aren't going to like it. And if we bring it out, you know, just a few times here and there, it's going to be this immaculate, beautiful dinner set that no one's going to want. And so we made a decision. We said, why don't, because we love it, why don't we use it every day? Why don't we use it when we've got guests, when we haven't got guests? Why don't we enjoy it every day? And we do. That's what we've done for years and years and years now. We, we enjoy it. We love it. We enjoy it. We appreciate it. And if it's worn out when we die and the kids don't get it, that's all right. And if it's all broken and chipped when the kids die, they can sort it out their problem. No worries. But we're going to use it and enjoy it and enjoy every minute of it. Now, I think this is how many people approach the gifts of the Spirit. I think many people approach the gifts of the Spirit, which is, you know, we're talking about the supernatural. We're talking about the spirituals, as it calls them, or the charismata. We're talking about the things of the Spirit, which Pastor Michael painted a great picture. They are the signposts of the kingdom. Many believers treat them like the good dinner set. Maybe you'll bring it out on a special occasion, maybe a special church meeting. Maybe, maybe you won't even get them out. Maybe they'll just sit in the cupboard and they'll look pretty and nothing will ever happen with them. But I think God wants us to have a change of a shift with our um, minds around what the gifts of spirits for, with our hearts, that they're, they're for everyday use. They're actually, they've been given to you and I to use, to um, enjoy, and for the common good of all. And while they're in the cupboard behind the glass... No one benefits from them. They're just there. Now, I think that God is a great gift giver, and anything he's given us, we should be using for the purpose he gave it, which is the common good of all, for the building up of the church, etc. These abilities, as it's called, these gifts of the Spirit, are designed for wherever and whenever. Amazing, eh? Sovereignly given to a couple of people No. Sovereignly given to 10 people. Sovereignly given to each person. That means you. 
if you're just trying to work out and do the math now, who each person is, that's you. You have been given gifts, at least a gift, gifts to be used for the common good, the building up of the church. Each believer has been given. So can I ask you this? Make it really personalized. I want to ask you, what is your approach to spiritual gifts? A, you pull them out occasionally for a guest or an event. B, you leave them in the cupboard and never use them. Or C, they're a regular part of your daily living. The answer is C. The right answer is C. But can I be ruthlessly bold? My observation tells me that most of us don't live in C. They come out for a special occasion, maybe. Maybe they don't come out at all. I want to stir you today. I want to provoke you a little bit. If you're not using the gifts, if you're not stepping out in the gifts, if you're not being bold in the gifts, why not? Because it's not about you, they're for the common good. So when I withhold stepping out, it's actually impacting those around me. I asked as I was preparing, I said, Holy Spirit, give me some words or something, whatever you want to do, please, to um, help me encourage someone in the church. I felt that word for Jaden. I don't know what's happening in Jaden's world. Maybe he just needed to hear that today. Maybe he didn't. But that's what I felt God was saying. So, all of us begin. Let's read the scripture. The scripture says it's best. It says it's best. 1 Corinthians 12, if you've got your Bibles turned to it, it always helps, I think, if you. It will be here as well, but. One, I'm reading from the NLT. 1 Corinthians 12 from 1 to 11 says this. Now, dear brothers and sisters. Oh, he's given them the gifts to boys and girls. That's pretty good. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the spiritual abilities the Spirit gives us. I like the way it's worded that. In the English Bibles, often it says the gifts. It doesn't actually say the gifts in the Greek. It says the spirituals. The spiritual gifts or the special abilities the Spirit gives us. I like what Jay said last week about like a superhero. We all want to be superheroes. I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when we were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along and worshipping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I think that's important. Sometimes people go down rabbit holes and that stops you going down rabbit holes. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works different, sorry, God works in different ways. But it is the same God who does the work in us all. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. I love that. There is a perception that people who operate in spiritual gifts are elite Christians. No, they're not. They are just disciples of Jesus. A, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. In other words, the common good. So we can help each other. 
The one person the spirit gives the ability to one person the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice to another the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge the same spirit gives great faith to another and someone else the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether there are messages from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Great, eh? I just love the fact that it's so inclusive. It's mentioned boys, girls, and each people, each person. That's all of us. We're all covered. So don't tune out because it's talking to you. If you're online, it's talking to you. It doesn't matter where you are, it's talking to you because to each person was given. Each. I think that's really important. So today we're talking about the spoken gifts. We heard um, Pastor Michael did a great introduction last week. We heard about the revelation gifts, I think it was, from um, Jay. And today is the spoken gifts. A reminder that when the scripture talks about gifts, it's talking about different gifts. Pastor Michael did a great job summarizing that. That it's The Bible in Ephesians, it talks about the ascension gifts. So the ascension gifts are people gifts given to the church. We're talking about 1 Corinthians 12 gifts, the spirituals given to the church. If you go to uh, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, it talks about the motivational or the personality gifts, just the way you're wired will, will mean that you're good at some things and you're gifted in some areas. Some people teach that the whole lot are lumped in together. They just go, the gifts. But it's not actually how the Bible puts it. It tells us there's ascension gifts, there's spiritual gifts, and then there's motivational gifts. Not one's more important than the other. They're just different, and and it's good to get there. So the spoken gifts are prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So we're going to touch all three of those quickly. Number one, prophecy. The gift of prophecy and a prophet are different. Let's just get that sorted. The gift of prophecy and A prophet are different. A prophet is an ascension ministry. It is a person given to the church to help equip the saints. And they will prophesy, but I think the easiest way to remember it is that a prophet is a messenger from God. A prophecy is a message from God. Make sense? So so, um, there is a difference between the prophet, the person, the ascension ministry, and the gift that 1 Corinthians is talking about here. And uh, the gift of prophecy is to encourage, to exhort, and to comfort. That's what it's about. Prophecy literally means, in the Greek it means, to speak on behalf of another. So the context of uh, the gift of prophecy in the church is that it is to speak on behalf of God. Now, my ears prick up when I read that because we encourage people to prophesy. We teach people to prophesy. We encourage people to prophesy. But the flip side of that coin is you are bringing a message on behalf of God, so best you be careful what you bring. When you, when you speak prophetically, you are actually now representing God and what he's saying. Now, obviously, it's coming through a human agency, which is flawed, 
But nonetheless, there is some weight on that. And you can go too far and be quite flippant in prophecy. Or, you know, I believe God's saying this. Well, best we make sure we actually are quite convinced that God is saying this before we speak on his behalf. There should be some fear in there. When you step out prophetically, there should be an element of, oh, help me, Jesus, here we go, not just another stroll in the park, because I'm actually representing God. You know, if you go to the Old Testament, go to the book of Exodus, when Moses went before Pharaoh, all the Israelites saw, when they looked at Moses, Moses was the representation of God and Pharaoh. That's what they saw. When they looked at Moses, they actually saw this guy is God's represent. It's actually the same when we prophesy. And sometimes you listen to prophetic words or you, there's just a little flippancy in them and you go, oh, I'm not sure that's representing God great, actually. I just want to paint that negative because it's all too easy to take things a little bit lightly in today's world. Um, a prophetic word is by revelation and therefore is not dependent on the vessel, the person's knowledge or education. We're speaking on God's behalf. We're, it's his thoughts flowing through a person is what a prophetic word is. The purpose of prophecy is to, as in the gift, is for edification, which means the building up of, the strengthening of, the development of, the exhortation or the encouragement of, and the comfort of God's people. If your prophetic word is not doing those things, don't speak it. It's, it should be edifying, it should be exhorting, and it should be comforting. Now, the prophet as the gift, the, the person, prophet, they may actually bring some prophetic words that are quite instructional and quite directive. But generally, the gift of prophecy being brought through, um, the gift of prophecy, not the prophet, the gift of prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. It's good to keep that in mind. Prophecy from any source should always be judged, of course. Just because somebody said it doesn't mean it's right. We all get it wrong. Just because someone said you should judge it. If you're not sure about it, put it on the shelf. If you're not sure about it, take counsel. This was prophesied over me. I remember years ago, I was informed of a um, prophetic word that, that someone had, had spoken over I didn't hear it firsthand. Someone had spoken over me, and it was really negative, and I spent the next years walking around looking over my shoulder, something hoping, hoping something bad wasn't going to happen to me. And... I just don't think that was from God. At some point I had to stop and just go, this is, this is really troubling me. I don't think this is of God. It's certainly not bringing freedom and release, uh, exhortation or encouragement or comfort to my world, everything but. And I just had to leave that and step and go, no, actually that's just words. I'm not going to live under that. You've got to judge it sometimes. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, let love be your highest goal. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. I actually like to think that prophecy, and I think in these terms all the time, that prophecy is an invitation to partner with God. Simply an invitation for me to partner with what God's doing in my world or in the, the wider world. So, like all gifts, very, very powerful gift. Very powerful gift, but can also be dangerous if it's used wrong. And that's why it always needs to be accountability and we need to take counsel before applying a prophetic word to our life or stepping into that arena. Remember when you're prophesying that you are speaking over 
someone's life. They're a person. They matter to God. And words have power. Words carry power. Particularly, if you're prepared to step out prophetically as a message from God, those words carry power. So if you're not, I'm not trying to discourage you from operating prophetically, but I'm just saying you be careful. And if it's not exhorting, if it's not encouraging, and if it's not uh, exhorting, encouraging with the same one, if it's not whatever those three words were I just said, comforting, thank you. Any others? Oh, thank you, edifying. I'm great. Three people listen. Thank you. And um, so, so if it's not those things, don't go there, okay? It's not about building you up. It's about building the person up. So um, now baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway to operating in these gifts. I'm not saying that if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, God can't use you. That's clearly not right. But if you want to be used regularly with authority and um, with effectiveness, Baptism in the Holy Spirit is like the doorway to step through to, into the arena of the things of the Spirit with God. And as disciples of Jesus, I encourage you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That um, you know, We're going to have a, a group of ministers at the end that will pray with you. And if you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, empowered, filled by the Holy Spirit. Come and allow them to lay hands on you and baptize you in the Holy Spirit because it is the doorway into operating effectively, regularly, with authority in the things of God. Number two, tongues. Various tongues, it says. Now, this is the trickiest one to talk about because this one confuses people. So I'm not going to go into depth, broad strokes, but hopefully you'll get it. When the scripture talks about tongues, generally, the Bible, there's two classifications in the Bible when the Bible is referring to tongues. The first classification is the personal, devotional, and powerful gift of tongues. Acts chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 14. That's like your personal prayer language. You use that when you're praying, when you're worshipping, when you're praising. You just, it just flows out of you. It's for your edification. It's to build you up in your spirit. Paul says, I wish you would pray in tongues more. Actually, he said, I pray in tongues more than all of you, is what he said. And so that's your personal prayer language. Generally, it's a sign of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Generally, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, tongues or the ability to pray and speak in tongues will follow. And it's about my spirit communicating with God's spirit, spirit to spirit. I can pray in a language I don't know, I don't understand, and it's, it's great because I don't have to understand it. I just know that I'm praying in the perfect will of God at this time, that my spirit is communicating him the best it, it will ever communicate with him at this moment. That's why praying in tongues is so powerful because we're praying what we need to be praying, not what our mind's telling us to pray. So that's number one. No interpretation required for that. It's just between you and God. Good? I can see some of your eyes have glazed over. You need to get this, because otherwise you get confused. So, so you got that? Yeah, you got it? You got it online? Great, great. Okay, so the second clarification that the Bible talks about is the specific gift that's talked about in 1 Corinthians that we just read, 1 Corinthians 12, the, the um, speaking in tongues. But it's or various languages, but it's in verse 10 if you need to have a look. But this is when a believer brings a public message in tongues. So in this setting. 
Someone brings a public message in tongues. We don't understand, generally, what was just expressed. But this is an important gift of the Spirit. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in there. The fact is that the tongue could be a known tongue or an unknown tongue. That's kind of irrelevant, really. But it's different to the tongue that's been, the language that's been used in the meeting. So it's foreign to the meeting. It's a message that's brought by the Holy Spirit through a person, much like prophecy, for the common good of all. Must be, it must be interpreted. When the gift of tongues like this flows in a meeting, there will be an interpretation, which is the next one, number three, interpretation of tongues. It must be interpreted, because if it's not interpreted, it is not for the common good, because you don't understand what was said. So when it is interpreted, which will generally be by another person, that's when the understanding comes and we can obedient. But you put it all together and it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's a powerful sign that God is amongst us. and that We, we don't hear um, messages in, in, in tongues that often. We do, occasionally. And um, we've got some people that move like that quite freely. But it's not... You know, we don't hear all that often. Let's jump into interpretation of tongues. This gift enables the interpreter to present the tongues message in the language of the listeners. So now it makes sense to us. Now we can process. Now we can act on it. Now we can work on it. Wherever a message in tongues is brought publicly, the gift of interpretation needs to be exercised. If a message is brought in tongues and it's just left and there is no interpretation, the job's only half done. And in fact, when someone brings a message in tongues, it will release somebody else with the gift of interpretation to bring that. They may just hear it straight away and go, I understood that, or they may see a picture or whatever that just explains it, and then... Um, that's good. So I think most of us are pretty familiar with the gift of prophecy, um, even as demonstrated today. But for whatever reason, as I said, we don't hear so often tongues interpretation. Maybe that's because Paul says in 1 Corinthians, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities, the spirit, especially the ability to prophesy. In 1 Corinthians 14.39, be eager to prophesy, he says, where he doesn't say those so much about the others, but they're all important, eh? Otherwise God wouldn't have given them. There's a purpose for them, and we need to be fluent in them. So why have the gifts been given? 1 Corinthians 12, 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Other translations say for the common good. They've been given to each. I really want you to get that. Because otherwise we can just kind of cop out. Oh, it's all right for them. No, no. Each. That's all of us. If you're not operating in a gift, God's got more for you. If you are operating in gifts, God's got more for you. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Special abilities the Spirit gives. Seek those. Um, I'll start from the beginning, shall I? And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Again, they build the church. That's why they've been given. Who are they given to? Each of us. We've covered that a few times. So can I ask you the question, please, which one 
or which ones are you operating in? Which ones would you like to operate in? Maybe you need to start asking Holy Spirit to release you. Maybe you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe the desire grows. Wow, Lord, I didn't realize that. I thought it was just the, the elite few that got to work in these things. But you're saying me. Absolutely, because in God's eyes, you're elite. You mean me. You mean me? Yes, I mean you. That's great. That's empowering, eh? I love that. It's a message of the, uh, uh, of the gospel. Is that we're all empowered. That we're all ministers. So how do you receive the gifts? As I said, number one, I think holy, uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway. You really need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. As a disciple of Jesus, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Filled with the power of God. Unlocked the things of the Spirit. Number two, we need to do our best to walk right with God, but we need to ask that we're released in the things of the Spirit, in spiritual gifts. Ask Him, Lord, can I please do this? Can you release me in these gifts? We're talking about nine in this current series. Can you release me in one of these, please? Sometimes you don't even know. I remember, particularly when I was younger, I don't think it counts so much as you get older, people would say quite often to me, wow, that was, when you said that, that was wisdom way beyond your years. I think as you get older, they just expect you might know something. You're not quite sure how it works as you get older, but that was way beyond your years. And I go, well, that was probably working in a word of wisdom. Be expectant. Be expectant. You know, desire the gifts. Desire them. Ask God. Be expectant that he will use you. And when he does place something on your heart or give you the nudge, here's the key to it all. You've got to step out. There's no point going, Lord, I want to prophesy. Please, I really want to prophesy. And he's sitting there and he's going, well, I've given you so many words, but you just won't take the next step. It's just like you're a cork on the top of a bottle. No, no. You've got to step out. And that's the hardest part. Man, I can remember the first few times I prophesied. I can remember bringing a message in tongues. And I can remember trembling in my boots. Dry mouth. How am I going to talk with that? I go, that's so dry. I can't talk. How can I prophesy? I can't talk. You just got to step out. You got to do it. You got to step out and be accountable, of course. So, can you put my picture on the on the screen again, please? You're going to leave the plates in the cupboard. Maybe bust them out every now and again. Christmas time. Guests coming from out of town, maybe. Maybe someone's coming over that you like and want to impress. Or are you actually going to use them? Because I think that the, 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 the gifts, the, the spirituals, the charismata, they're beautiful. They build the church. And when people are operating in the gifts, 
no, there's a real challenge, isn't it? As, as time's gone on, sort of church is, is, is modernized and it's a bit slicker and all those kind of things. But it can't be those things at the expense of using the tools that God's given us to do what he's given us to do. Because that's where power comes. I believe, who was it? Was it Pastor Michael that prophesied about signs, wonders and miracles? That's what God's been speaking to me about. I see a little island on the horizon. It's called signs, wonders and miracles that I'm swimming towards. And that's all to do with this. And yes, sure, it might not always be tidy. Sure, it's a bit freaky when you step out by faith. But come on, this is what you and I, this is part of our discipleship journey with Jesus. Get the plates out of the cupboard. I encourage you to use them every day, but at the end of the day, it's up to you. No one's going to make you. No one's going to force you. It's totally up to you. Father, I ask today that you would water the seeds you're planting and that the, our desire would grow to be used by you in the way that you've seen, that we would be empowered to live the lives that you've got in mind for us. Father, I ask for a release of courage so that we'd actually step out and that there would be a conviction in the Spirit today that when you're talking about the spirituals, you're talking to each one of us and you desire to move in and through each one of us. Stir us, Lord, please. And I ask for each... Actually, if you would like, if you're really believing and you're hungry for a release of the Holy Spirit in your life and a release of gifts in your life, why don't you just stand where you are? You're talking to God. You're not standing for me. You're standing in front of Him saying, my heart's desire, Lord, is I'm going to... I want to release in these things. Release, I want a greater release. Lord, you see each person's response before you. And I ask for a release today. A release of faith. A release of courage. A, le a release of expectancy. A release of desire. A release of purpose. A release of understanding. A release of power. In Jesus' name. Father, fill your church afresh. Stir us afresh that we would be your church that is full of power, your church that is full of faith, your church that is full of expectation, that you would be God amongst us. We would allow you to be God amongst us. Father, that religious expectations would be smashed and would fall to the ground in Jesus' name and that relational expectations would rise, that faith would rise. a real nudge in my spirit that some of you at home at this moment, you actually need to stand. Don't just sit on the couch and go, yes, I agree. You need to stand before God and say, Lord, I'm expecting, I'm hungry. Release these in me. In Jesus' name.